0: We both actually believe that the Fed's going to pause at this next FOMC. I do believe they're going to pause. And whether that's the right move or not, I think it's warranted. After 10 consecutive rate hikes since, I believe, March of 2022, up until now, they've continued to say they want to be data dependent. But now they're starting to look at a wait and see approach. But here's the problem with that. If you're going to start claiming a wait and see approach, you can't just pause for one month and then hike it again in July. That's my issue with it.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra premium unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. Relax your mind and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Hi.
0: (laughs) Welcome back to the show, everybody. You're now tuned in to the number one financial literacy podcast in the world.
1: I like how you look at me when you say that because you're looking for affirmation. (laughs) Yeah. You did good today, Saeed.
0: Thank you, man. Yeah. Appreciate you.
1: Well, what Saeed neglected to tell you was that um, today's a special day. I wore sandals, Javianas, actually, because mm. I knew that it would offend Saeed's constitution during the show. Yeah, exactly. So if you hear him stuttering or stammering at all, it's because he's lost in the sexiness that is my barefoot and the type of sandal that he hates the most. You
0: just knew you couldn't
1: compete tonight. That's all. Yeah, Travis Scott's are fire. Fire. It's are real anyway. <laughs> wow. All right. So, this week, the U.S. will face a mild recession, but the risk of a hard landing, a.k.a. a hardy, <laughs> is currently low, according to Bank of America's chief economist. Now we know where Brian Moynihan gets his bad advice. Right.
0: This is the guy that has his ear.
1: Yeah. This is the guy that Brian's been listening to and be getting all sorts of bad information. Yeah. Oh, Brian. Is he giving them hardies or softies or what is he doing? Hardies only, apparently. Got it. Yeah. As far as his predictions go obviously softies for the economy obviously just to be clear yeah we're gonna move on from there and talk about home prices falling and we've got some beautiful sexy fucking charts and if you're gonna check out an article that we talk about this week this is probably the one i think it's a really fascinating read and it talks about the timeline of home values over the last several years Mm. and it dispels a lot of the rumors that you're seeing on social media that have become prolific Anytime somebody talks about real estate values, every realtor will repost it as the most amazing thing. It's gospel. It doesn't matter who said it. Right. If it's positive, they're reposting. This gives you facts, and the facts are powerful. Facts. Facts. Bars. No cap. No caps. No printer. What? is light tonight, brother. What? <laughs> no. Come on, King. Come on. <laughs> we'll talk about jobless claims increasing more than expected to their highest since October of 2021 u.s consumer credit accelerates it's growing in april to its fastest pace in five months Mm -hmm. little something i like to call oh shit yeah and uh a shortage of houses is hitting some people and areas harder than others yeah we'll tie that in we should tie that into the previous article bad 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 work on us preparing yeah us in advance i mean a room you said it the royal you said the royalist i did i did you set them up though I said he's such a villain. Say so he such did. a villain. He he made he, he says he... us question mark? Yeah. It was a Jedi mind trick. Yeah. He's you. like, You're gonna say this. Yeah. Weak ass hope. These Chris. are not the drugs. <laughs> wow. Weak ass Oh, wow. That was aggressive. Coming in hot. Did you have a protein bar or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Low carbs? You, you hangry? Yeah. <laughs> I've been fasting. We should talk about that. It has been uh, inadvertent fasting, but fasting nonetheless. Yeah. It is not worth I'm gaining weight. <laughs> I'm the only person yeah. who can eat less and gain weight.
0: <laughs> what happens? I, I don't you're, know. I thought you were supposed to
1: get lean on this. We're going to talk about the mansion tax. It was supposed to bring in $56 million monthly. It took in a lot less than that. Spoiler alert, it is not $56 million.
2: Yeah.
1: We'll talk about an Apple review, which we thought was very nice, caring, caressing, if you will. Mm-hmm. Soft and delicate. I felt loved by it. It was sincere. It was genuine. It's all the SAT vocabulary we know. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, we'll end the show on a very heartwarming story about Side's eldest son. Only son. Eldest too.
0: (laughs) I mean it's factual. It's factual. Yeah.
1: Making the first shot of his career. Mm. The first shot of his career. It was it was it was man. Can't even put it into words. Yeah. Many more to come. The man is clearly an athlete. So hopefully. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean hopefully it's somebody else's height though.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Right now. Right now it's it's obvious he didn't get his height from me. Really? Yeah, he's in the 85th percentile. So Still, he didn't, wow. Yeah, he didn't get it from me.
1: My son's fluctuated. He's now back in like the low 90s. I should know. Yeah. crazy. But it's, it's not funny because my wife is so tall. It's just not so tall. She's yeah. five.
0: How tall is Awa? Awa is five, seven. Is she really
1: five, seven? Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: With shoes, probably five, six, but not shoes. But yeah, she's five, seven.
1: Okay, you can't quote height with shoes. What do you mean? It's just fundamental disconnect. You can't do that.
0: I always add two inches for myself, though.
1: I'm not taking the bait on that. Oh, see, he, uh, No. He, mm-hmm. oh. No. No, I'm not. What? You I thought you were why? trying to keep a clean, sight Yeah, I thought what you I, were. What happened? See, look. <laughs> I don't, I, this is why you get labeled thoroughly bad confused. things. This is why people on social media now are attacking you, calling the villain. I got I to gotta chime in and defend you now. All the thoroughly time. confused.
0: I have no idea what's going on. You have
1: no idea what's going on. None at None. all. None. Why are you squinting like that? I'm you know? trying to see what, what article we're bringing up. Oh, you that's went, right. Maybe you should some back. Uh, somebody asked me in, in the DMs today, I've been getting a lot of like really messed up DMs that, Hey man, do you wear glasses? Cause you've got like Jack Nicholson eyebrows. <laughs> they are coming for your eyebrows. Coming for my eyebrows. My eyebrows are a very sensitive topic. Apparently. I tried to tell you a while ago. What? That your eyebrows. What's wrong with my eyebrows? Yeah. That you thought they were your number one attribute and that they weren't. I just thought they were very compelling. Compelling? Aesthetic. Yeah. I mean, you know, when my, my eyebrows go up. Yeah. I mean.
0: Yeah. You do a lot of facial expressions. You use your eyebrows a lot.
1: I know I gotta I do the Botox thing again, so hopefully really? it retains me.
0: Often yeah. you gotta do that
1: and every like five six months. Everybody's body metabolizes Botox a little differently. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Is it painful? No, nah, I mean I mean needle going in your head doesn't feel like great, but it's not terribly painful.
2: Mm.
1: Think about getting it done. Never. Never. I'll say this: your eyes twitching at me again, bro. Was, What's going I, on with you? I was little.
0: I was. Eyes twitching.
1: The left one's twitching.
0: Uh, we were standing uh, outside a, a restaurant today. Adam graduated uh, from first grade today.
1: Congratulations, Adam.
0: Big deal. And so we take him out to his favorite restaurant. He wants to go to uh, BJ's, right? Don't do that. Ter- Don't do what? You're a terrible person. <laughs> uh, I just shook my head, man. Yeah. And we're standing outside, and the sun's hitting my face. And I'm telling a whole story. I can't even remember what we're talking about. And she literally says, aw. She reaches for my face, and she's like, you have your first wrinkle. It's right here on the side of my Oh, head. no, you
1: got on both sides. Yeah, I could have pulled it out a while ago get crow's feet.
2: Oh, wow. No, I'm just helping you
1: out, man. I'm being honest. You should get, like, you know Botox for that so it doesn't get worse. Is that a thing? Yeah, I mean. Come on, man. I'm not doing
2: that. Just got to own it. You can own it all you want. Yeah. I
1: know I look like shit.
2: No, so no, I'm okay no. with it. Come on.
1: All right, kids. I apologize for the, the recent detour. You know, it's just really hard sometimes hosting a show with Said and, and I know that we're gonna get into topics that are clearly above his head and I gotta carry the show. Oh. It's just incredibly it's difficult. Arun, I mean, we talked about this before, you know, without sight here. It's lopsided, bro. It's,
0: it is lopsided.
1: So the first article from Business Insider, so a grain of salt, not a huge place we like to go for what I would call relevant media, but Mm -hmm. when you're making fun of Bank of America without knowing you're making fun of Bank of America, we've got to quote you.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So Brian Moynihan is Bank of America's CEO. Those of you who haven't caught up with some of the earlier episodes this year, we took a couple lovely, friendly jabs at Mr. Moynihan. Just a little bit. He was talking about the consumer was incredibly strong and resilient, that he didn't see a recession. We're a consumer bank. We're a consumer bank now. They've tried to pivot from, uh, I'd say, less of a, of a consumer bank to really more of a focus on that because they want to differentiate themselves from their peers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, Brian has said some pretty dumbass stuff that <laughs> seemed really tone deaf.
0: Technical term.
1: And if you're a multimillionaire making tens of millions of dollars a year, I don't know how much his salary is, or I mean, if you want to look that up, you know, and, and you go into these conferences where you're talking about the state of the economy and you'd say things like, oh, the consumer's got tons of, of savings. We just don't see this, this concern. $30 million. Bank of America CEO made $30 million. Good find a room. So he might be a little disconnected. Mm-hmm. And we always wondered where that came from and why.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, according to this Business Insider article, Bank of America predicts a mild recession. Mm. The softy is back. Sees a low risk of a hard landing. Mm. So, to quote the article here: The U.S. economy is currently resilient. You know who else said that? JP from the Hood, Jerome Powell from the Hood, is mm. currently resilient, but will face a mild recession. Bank of America's Michael Gapin. So, I think it's said, important.
0: It's important here to pause, describe what a mild recession even is. You know, right? Yeah, it's it's unstable growth where growth doesn't look optimistic maybe you maybe you have some one quarter and not so much the next quarter maybe it's stagnant that that's basically what it is and i was doing some research on this and there was a little piece on uh the guardian that
1: i know also yeah, I mean, not not the world's greatest but not bad either not okay. bad
0: either right but what i really liked about this article that i found was they really dove into the concept of growth and how it's become used as a metaphor to represent uh prosperity and we'll, we want all things to grow we want our children to grow we want our gardens to grow and now growth in our economies become so commonplace
1: that if there's not if there isn't any growth then what's going on so this is the fallacy of the stock market that's bothered me for a number of years right is that in the stock market your uh, you as a company are expected to grow and become more and more efficient every single year mm-hmm Like, that's the general overriding concept. Right. And I don't think that's a realistic expectation. Mm -hmm. But I think that expectation has gotten even harsher for publicly traded institutions because we've had 14 years of very prosperous growth. Right.
0: And then they, on the flip side of that sword, they said, the other side of that metaphor of growth, it could also be cancerous. Right. Mm -hmm. You get married to this idea of growth. And as soon as there, there isn't any growth, like what, what's going to happen in Q2 or Q3 of this year when earnings don't come in? Well, an earnings recession is going to happen. And, earning, and, what's, and because there isn't any growth, people are going to overreact,
1: right? Well, yeah. And that, that the problem with the markets, too, is they're very emotionally unstable in some ways. Mm-hmm. So when they overreact, it, it's not so good. Bruin just pulled this up. An earnings recession occurs when earnings have declined or negative earnings have grown. For at least two consecutive quarters, Mm -hmm. according to Forbes, during an earnings recession, a majority of companies' profits declined year over year for two or more quarters in a row. Right. I think that's a a very, very high probability for certain sectors, certainly, Mm -hmm. and but for the entire market, probably not.
0: Probably not. But it also that that could be true along with your previous prediction of
1: it being a rolling recession. Yeah, hitting different sectors at different times, starting off with the banking and, and finance and fintech sectors. Yeah. Enrolling in, in, well, I shouldn't say in technology, not just fintech. And enrolling um, into other sectors, particularly around the holidays. I think that, that's a real thing. I think yeah. you'll see airlines hit and travel hit. Right. And some interesting things happen. So uh, to continue on uh, with the Bank of America article, and then I do have an additional comment on the whole recessionary concept. Mm-hmm. Bank's chief economist said a labor market correction is needed for inflation to decline to the Fed's 2% target. Mm. I, and I heard that and I thought, that's dumb as shit.
2: Mm,
0: okay.
1: Would you like me to elaborate? Yes, please do. On the dumbassery we have just read? <laughs> yeah. The bitch assness. Yeah, the bitch assness. Okay. So for every recessionary economy, this is generally true, but certainly for the majority of them, this is 1000% accurate, is unemployment typically reaches its peak after the end of the recession. Mild or not? Yes. That's usually what happens, okay? The reason why is that all the things we do in monetary policy to combat a recessionary economy typically leads to lower wages, higher unemployment. Mm -hmm. That's just the natural byproduct of what happens.
0: Right, and right now, what the Fed has done and the tool they have used to tackle this has been raising the Fed fund's interest rate up,
1: Mm -hmm. right? And that's what they predict is going to cause unemployment to go up eventually. And that's why there's such a heavy emphasis by the Fed whenever they talk about jobs is they're using that as their indicator. Now, mind you, this is a very lagging indicator.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the dumb behind the statement is that the bank's chief economist said a labor market correction is needed for the inflation to decline to the Fed's 2% target rate. Mm-hmm. No shit. You're calling for a recession, whether hard or soft, a mild recession, what they're predicting here. Right. That's the natural probable consequence. Yes. Thank you for telling me something, Captain Obvious. (laughs) This happens every single time as a recessionary economy. So again, nothing valuable in that statement. And here's the next statement. This is a direct quote from the man himself, uh, Michael Gapin, their chief economist. Unless bank stress gets worse and a credit crunch is revealed, it's harder to see where that hard landing risk is coming from, he said. Right. Okay. A credit crunch is already beginning in commercial office real estate. I know two offices in our area in an otherwise very prosperous economic major metropolitan MSA. Yes. Okay. That are already in talks with their tenants. The, the, rent, the landlord of the building is in talks with the lender that gave them the loan. Okay. I should say not the tenants. To work on some kind of payment structure situation. A restructuring of the deal, a modification possibly, of Possibly some or something like that. I know two very prominent buildings in our area. That I know wow. it's happening. I mean, we, we read know, the article we, last week about L.A.
0: Yeah. I mean, if it's if it can happen to, you know, downtown L.A., which is, you know, used as a benchmark for the health of, you know, the real estate economy for Los Angeles, then why wouldn't it happen to where we are?
1: Keep in mind, too, L.A., man, the homeless problem's gotten so, so bad in L.A. and San Francisco. Like, I, I look at this and I think to myself, like, what are we doing? We, we've got to be smarter. As, there's got to be a better society-based solution for part of the problem i have no idea where you even begin to tackle that problem and i'm gonna ask a stupid question and i know this is gonna sound terrible and i don't mean to sound disconnected but I i legitimately don't know okay has the homeless problem always been bad but we had better situations in place to help thwart some of this i think it's definitely gotten it's definitely gotten worse so why has it gotten worse is it because the cost of living is so expensive that people are forced into this Possibly. I mean, some of these people have mental health issues. Some of these people—that's the thing, right? Have affordability issues, which is different to me, right? The but first
0: thing—the first thing that I—that I've heard, the number one argument that I've heard to help the problem, obviously, would not cure the problem. Hmm. The first thing would be rehabilitation. Finding a way to get people into rehab and understanding because more—it mo- it costs more money to to get one individual into rehab, which is why they don't do it
1: when just pulled this up since 2020 California's overall homeless population has increased about 6% compared to just 0.4% in the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. Wow, a 17% increase in the homelessness uh but sheltered population accounts for almost all of California's change while the more visible unsheltered population increased about 2%.
0: Right. And I don't know the I don't know the statistics um, behind that but I know that it's it's been proven that uh rehab and like therapy, those things will help.
1: They do help. Yeah, but here's—I've had a lot of—I shouldn't say a lot. I've had a fair amount of people around me who were addicts, yes, or had to go to some type of rehab of some type, way, shape, or form. They are never successful unless they want to go on. Absolutely, their own they, they yeah. have to. They have to want on their own. Otherwise, it's it's so difficult for them to overcome all of the trauma that they have to go right. through to get
0: and, there. And but I mean, you don't know what percentage of the people out there don't know that. There is, they have access to it,
1: right? Well, I'll tell you, a lot of these major downtown areas are going to continue to face challenges, particularly San Francisco and Los Angeles, if they Mm -hmm. can't get it under control. It's getting to a point now where it's already hard enough to bring people back to work. Yes. It's already hard enough to deal with really expensive home prices. But now this is so front, forefront, people are leaving.
0: Yeah. But it's also, it's, it's also really depressing for them, right? I don't. I don't know if people have actually seen this, but like to see somebody just like having a shouting match with himself is like I don't know. It's traumatizing.
1: Don't come to my office most days, brother. <laughs> I do. I, I, I was literally cussing up a storm in my office myself today. Yeah. It was. It was. Today was one of the more difficult days in, in my job than most. Yeah. There's just a lot of like tertiary stuff happening that was just
2: emotionally
1: draining. Mm-hmm. Where you you try as hard as you can to do the right thing and to do best you can and sometimes that just isn't enough it's not about what you do it's about it's about somebody wanting something else than you yeah and that's a very difficult realization you know sometimes it doesn't how, how,
0: how do you how do you even overcome something like that
1: i i think you just have to learn learn to tune it out the, the, you know the what's funny is with the show is with the little exposure that we've had and a little bit of notoriety that we have just tiny 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 bit right we still have haters. We still have people who make comments and troll yeah, and stuff like fine. that. Right. It's fine, but at the same time, like, can you imagine being like a celebrity? Oh my gosh. And you like can't every win. time you do something, somebody's going to comment. About, I mean, there's always somebody who's going to find something negative, right? right?
2: Yeah.
1: Like, it's incredible to me to think, like, okay, like all this controversy and talk around you. I, I don't know how some of these celebrities do it, dude. Can't please everybody. You can't, but at the same time, to have the, the confidence or at least the visible appearance of confidence. To be able to post on social media. Like, like I look at someone like Jonah Hill, who was very mm. pronounced on social media and decided he was going to pull back. He had mental health challenges and everything else. Right. Had this, doesn't want his weight being spoken about and all this, this stuff. And I think right. to myself, is he more normal for feeling that way? Mm. Or is he less normal for being in a job where he knew that was a repercussion? Keep in mind, he was a kid when he got into space. That's right. So like, maybe you don't fully appreciate what this could be for you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, he's an amazing actor. Yeah, but do you think studios will shy away from him now because they're concerned? If you're a studio, would you would you rather go with someone like Kevin Hart or The Rock, who seems to have it all under control? Oh, you're talking about A-list though. That's they're like top of the box office. I mean, yeah, but they're top of the box office because they do have it under control and they've monetized the things that Jonah Hill's afraid of. Mm-hmm. Jonah Hill's afraid of social media mm-hmm. because he, he thinks it's bad for his mental health. Yeah, but at the same time, The Rock and Kevin Hart monetize that as part of their deal. Well, on the flip side, on the flip side of that, you look at someone like. Uh, her name uh
0: rebel wilson yeah who like used to be uh overweight and i think she lost a, a lot of weight so now she, but there's a lot of people doing so, right so zempic man i'm telling you it's all zempic they're so, not saying
1: it but i know it's what it is yeah,
0: so, no but she lost it a long time ago before zempic got really popular but you get one you got to wonder like how many um
1: yeah rebel she looks wilson, great or just pulled the photos she, i mean like
0: and how many roles does she not get anymore because she's no longer the the same person that she was portraying
2: or she was stroke? before
1: Wow, look look at those photos of her. She's she leaned out a lot. Her and her jaw structure got really sharp. Do you think that surgery or you think that's all like natural? I think it, it could be natural.
2: I
0: don't know, I'll, I'll I'll give her the benefit of the doubt.
1: She looks natural. great. I mean, look. Yeah. I i um. I only heard Adele lost a ton of weight too. Oh, also that was uh Mindy. What's her name? The was it?
0: oh yeah, I saw her photo like she this lost last weekend. Shit, yeah,
1: yeah. She lost a ton of weight. Everyone on that health kick. Everyone, like, we should probably try to find a way. To get Honestly, we, yeah.
0: Get him on the show. What'd you do? Please give me some yeah, Are there any Ozempic
1: sponsors out there?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Do you know a guy?
1: Every time Mind Pump posts about like the hormones forum that they have, yeah. I'm like, I creep into this thing again? Oh, should, I, should I get in there and be like, what's this Mot c stuff, bro? I need to get I need. Once I get to your age, I'll probably start dabbling. See, villain. I'm. It's villain not? Villain stuff. Hold on. What? Oh, Sam Smith? Is that so? Wow, he lost a ton See, of See, that Holy doesn't even look shit. healthy, though. That's a little... No, he looks fine. It's Just that—that's just a dramatic change. Yeah. Wow. I mean, so much difference in the in the bone structure. Can you imagine how you would look if you actually lost weight?
0: <laughs> See, that's uncalled for.
1: That's called tit for tat. Tit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to uh, the bank chief economist that said that uh, the labor market needs needs a correction. So there's actually an article that came out today on this. So jobless claims totaled 261,000 for the week ending on June 3rd, an increase of 28,000 from the previous week. It's been the highest since
1: October 2021. Which is not high still. I mean, it's just the highest since then.
0: Not high, but this is one of the measures that the uh, Fed likes to look at that comes out weekly that gives them, although the jobs report and jobs in general is a lagging
1: indicator, this portion of it isn't, right? CNBC article, for those of you side's really new to this gig. Yeah. So he's he's just learning how to cite no, articles.
0: No, no, no. What 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 I want is for them to go into the show notes and you know, or maybe find it. Maybe subscribe to the newsletter. They're like, oh Ooh,
1: yeah, minor problem. I
0: haven't sent that out in a while.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. It's not that I don't want to send it out. It's just that I feel like we need more people to sign up for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And just in case you think, like, oh, like, he's not going to know how many people sign up for it. He won't know if I don't do it. I Actually get an email anytime somebody signs up and it tells me their name. Right.
0: But the, the crazy part about ours is, which is different from everybody else's, mm. is that you actually have to go onto the podcast and leave an honest five-star review beforehand. Like, we get <sighs> notified. I felt forced. Did it? I felt really forced. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying.
1: I mean, We're... you sounded like a lost puppy.
0: No. What? Yeah,
1: that that, he's like, yeah, how do I weave this in? This is clearly difficult for you tonight. <laughs> Come on, baby. Is it my toes? No, yeah. Your are toes? you are
2: you new to the show?
1: Did you yeah. uh You know how the show works? Did you buff your
2: toes too?
1: I did the I did the shiny buff my toenails, yeah. What?
2: <sighs> Impressive.
1: It's the best feeling. I don't know why you don't like your feet being touched, do you? No.
2: It's very weird. It's weird to me not to want my feet touched.
1: Yeah, I only brought this up so I could segue back into you really having like a secret toe fetish and being very sexual like this. yeah, aye. aye, aye. So go get a pedicure, man. I'm telling you, it's a life-changing experience. Very pampering. So this
0: jobless claims, right? This is a this is something this was a report that the Fed is definitely gonna be looking at and eyeing before their upcoming meeting. So when this episode drops, I believe it'll be day one of the FOMC meeting. 13. Oh wow, it's coming up next week. Yeah, coming Next week, yeah. So this episode drops. They're Tuesday. gonna hold, right? They're not gonna increase. No, they're gonna hold. They're definitely
1: gonna hold. Gonna but hold. if it were up to Larry Summers, this mm, guy. Larry Summers, man. <sighs> I'm not a fan for a number of reasons, not the least of which is... Think, he, he personally thinks the Fed's making a terrible mistake. He's and, just so
0: hyper-aggressive on this stuff. Well, he's, he's, he's focusing back on what the Fed has said all along, that you guys said that you're more afraid of not tightening enough. So he said, if you do pause this month, he would at least like for them to have it on the table for a
1: 50-base in next month yeah. next month in July I'm like damn going from nothing to 50 basis points I mean just cold blooded bro crazy keep in mind prior to this particular interest rate increasing cycle yeah the Fed had only increased 50 basis points or 25
0: basis points I mean I would obviously say it if I had as much money as Larry Summers does in the bank
1: how much money do you think he has in the bank Got yeah, come on you think he's got a lot Hold on. why somebody took care of him somebody took care of him wow like who these boys with Clinton right Oh, God damn it. We're not doing that. Okay. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Upon being nominated the Treasury Secretary by President Clinton in 1999, Summers listed assets of about $900,000 in debts, including a mortgage of 500000 mm, Let me tell you right now. By the time he returned in 2009 to serve the Obama administration, he reported a net worth between 17 and $39 million.
0: Yeah, I have a feeling like it's more than that.
1: Like that is an underestimate. That is a pretty significant uptick, Larry Summers, (laughs) Mr. Summers. Wow, not
0: hurting. So yeah, if I had, uh, well, his net worth. Orun is now highlighting forty-five million, which came from what? Yeah, where y'all getting this information from? This is this. This is why you can never trust Google with this stuff.
1: Yeah, if you look up my net worth, it says I'm worth like (laughs) five dollars. It's not. It's so weird. It's it's like it's so bizarre to me to think that. Like Google my net worth. Just Google my name and net worth. right he said it
0: on that on that uh, website he pulled up. Says his current salary is four million. Who's he working for?
1: I have no idea. Wow, oh. four million dollars salary. That's Anyways,
0: it. if I had that much money,
1: yeah, it says I'm worth at least thirty three thousand seven hundred and ninety seven dollars. Congrats, man. As of June seventh, twenty twenty three. Oh, today. Okay, there you go. What I'm was... worth less than my last Amex bill. Guru focus has got you, bro. <laughs> I
0: know why, <laughs> Guru. Focus. I don't hey, know why it's terrible. You've you've now turned into the thing that you hate the most. You're a guru. I don't know why. Why am I on that
1: website? Yeah. Jesus, that is not good.
2: Not good. Uh, Rune, why
1: have you visited this site two times? How did you know he's visited? Two it says times? in the bottom line you visited the site two times. Last visit. Oh. He's looked up. He's looked up your network. Wow, what a dude. piece of shit you are, bro. Yes. It's yes. the
2: site. Oh no, it is a sense the page. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I on this?
1: I don't know. It's very well, awkward that's for hilarious. all of us.
2: That's not good. Well, technically this is your computer and no 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 no. I'm not logged into any
1: of my accounts here, dude.
2: Yeah. Although man. my
1: picture is in the top right. So maybe maybe that is mine. Yeah. <laughs> You're
2: checking up yourself? Yeah. yeah. No,
1: I don't do that at all. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I stopped doing it whenever Google started classifying me as a musical artist. So You briefly touched on the fact that you think that
0: we both actually believe that the Fed's going to pause at this next FOMC. I do believe they're going to pause. And whether
1: that's the right
0: move or not.
1: I believe um, a pause is cooked into the market.
0: And it's warranted. I think it's warranted. Yeah, I do too. After 10 consecutive rate hikes since, I believe, March of 2022, they're now, remember, up until now, they've continued to say, we want to be data dependent. We want to focus on my Obama hands. Um, they want to be data dependent, but now they're starting to look at a wait and see approach. But here's the problem with that: if you're going to start claiming a wait and see approach, you can't just pause for one month and then hike it again in July. That's my issue with it.
1: Well, there's no saying that they will, but if Larry Summers had his way,
0: I'm pretty sure that they are,
1: dude. Yeah, they're pretty sure they're going to hike in July.
0: Yeah, I've already. That's that's my prediction. At twenty, at least 20, 25 basis points.
1: I I thought the banking contagion shtick was going to be the catalyst for this next recessionary economy, but Mm -hmm. I think that's probably wrong.
0: Unless something happens, look right. Credit came out, right? Consumer credit Mm -hmm. that ticked up again.
1: That's headed. We have an article on that, don't we?
0: That's headed. That's headed in the wrong direction. Yeah, I got it right here. I got some of the data. Consumer credit growth accelerates in April to its
1: fastest pace in five months what's the article there you go there you go by Mark. market watch titled u s consumer credit growth accelerates in April to fastest pace in five months
0: total consumer credit rose twenty three billion in April up from a revised twenty two point eight billion the prior month revolving credits such as credit cards rose thirteen point two percent in April mm. slightly less than the fourteen point six percent gain the prior month right so so what's what some people what a lot of people actually that's a think a problem, dude that's a big problem that's a right big problem. so if Unless unless some data comes out over the next month, month and a half, before the next uh, FOMC meeting in July. Let me see. When is that? I have it written here, too. It's July, end of the month. July the 25th, month. Yeah. 26th. Right? So, the next uh, month and a half.
1: Right? It's about 45 days
0: after. Yeah. Then, that's not enough time for the wait and see approach. So, unless something changes drastically, where something breaks. Oh, if they pause, I don't see anything breaking. If anything, they're gonna pause, people are gonna celebrate, you're gonna see people become bullish. There was already an article that came out today about how the markets returned to a bull a bull market. So what's that gonna do? If anything, that right there is gonna give the Fed enough ammo to say, no, 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 no. We're not having this. Mm, Maybe. And that right there is gonna be, in my opinion, is gonna be the straw that breaks the camel's back. That's racist. What? Camels. Come on, man. What? What what about it?
1: I'm Middle Eastern you're asian it's a very that's, common that's figure hurtful. of speech dude it's a common figure of speech to racist people sure
0: come on man there's camels in afghanistan
1: i don't think so come on no please let there be camels in <laughs> afghanistan <laughs> <laughs> they're not camels in afghanistan <laughs> come on, bro. Come on, bro you guys got remember, mountains remember that episode for the love of god please look at a back a
0: bacterian
1: camel there you go what,
0: what does it say the, the some would say the most beautiful camel
1: <laughs> There's a room laughing in the background. That is an ugly ass camel. Wow,
0: way. bro. That's disrespectful.
1: Bactrian camel. That's the native Afghan camel. The native? Bro, it's not like the national animal. like It's native to the
0: country, right? Bactrian camel. Camel is bac- also known as the Mongolian
1: camel. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Asian. And domestic Bactrian camel is a large, even toed ungulate. Uh, native to the slope steps of Central Asia.
2: Mm.
1: It has two humps on its back in contrast to the single-humped dromedary. These are very weird words. Mm. Its population of 2 million exists mainly in the domesticated form. Their name comes from the ancient history region of Bactria. That's a whole lot there. That's arguably Mongolia, which is not Afghanistan. But uh, they, they traveled through Afghanistan. I think Arun is throwing you a freebie there. I appreciate you, Arun, trying to support them. I try. Yeah, it was good. Oh, the, there was nothing that said Afghanistan there.
0: Anyways, I think I think that that's going to be the straw that big that breaks the camel's oh, back. Oh, twice? Twice. You couldn't use I'm a double, different metaphor? Doubling down for and the, he stuttered. Wait. Yeah. No, I'm doubling <laughs> I'm doubling down for the double hump. Bro. Okay. So, um because I what I think is we know based on I believe the world interest rate probability or corp from Bloomberg and the Chicago Mercantile Exchange have priced in at least one rate cut by September of this year. Yeah,
1: they, that's, they, that's not going to happen.
0: They priced in two by the end of the year. That's not going to happen. So they, I, from what I can there remember, there is
1: no and, world where we cut rates this year. And they on, said they're not going to cut
0: rates. And, and by the way, these projections, man, they swing quick. On any any release of any report, will it'll swing it to where it'll go from twenty five percent probability. You to they haven't scenario. they haven't
1: typically moved that fast, right? Like, this, I know. this is, this is, that's how much uncertainty is in the market that any type of data that, that could be controversial is mm-hmm. swinging the probabilities so far left and right. Right. That it's becoming almost impossible to predict. Which is, which is what's
0: most frustrating for me. Cause usually, what is the market like? The market likes certainty, it likes stability. Yeah, you're not getting that. If there's any uncertainty, I don't understand how the market is, is even, you
1: know, still bullish. Like, it had, it had a great week this week. Oh, yeah. The market had a great week this week because that's behavioral economics man people want to find the positivity they want to believe that they're baking in the fed holding rates yes that they believe that's going to be a sign for a pop in in the stock market so they're buying ahead of this perceived pop because they want that upside value and mm-hmm. then they'll sell causing it to dip again shortly thereafter right so it is this weird like almost parasitic cycle of like good news bad news prediction and that's why so much of this can be gambling People who invest for the long term the Warren Buffetts of the world they're really investing. Right. People who invest in the short term try to get those like little pops, peaks and valleys, you're gambling. Mm-hmm. For the most part, there's the exception of course. So,
0: I think that when when the Fed or if the Fed let's say does do another rate hike in July, that'll go completely against what all the pricing that has been baked into the market, that'll break expectations. I think, I, think once they'll,
1: those, I think they'll foreshadow a possibility of additional increases in the June meeting minutes.
0: Not only the minutes, they also, they'll also produce the summary of economic projections, so mm-hmm. the SEP.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: So once that comes out, I feel like, because the expectations, expectations I think are directly tied to the 10-year treasury. Once the expectations go out the window, I think we're going to start to see that inverted yield
1: curve start to turn the other way. So let, let's talk about that a little bit, because we didn't talk a whole lot. And I apologize for clearing my throat right into the mic. Yeah, but um, Daddy's had a rough day on his throat. You can hear it a little bit, right? I'm hoarse. Right? Why? Because I was talking a lot. Saeed, so like, were you?
2: I know I was shouting. For, uh, you were no, shouting. I
1: wasn't shouting. I was I was you having see. a conversation with myself in my room in private. Got it. My office, which is a room, right? Very big, one. a very big one. <laughs> yeah, no longer a corner one. No, no, it's not. I hate the I hate the office. Not being in the office, just that particular office. <laughs> Man, this guy's backpedaling. Yeah, I'm having having a moment. (laughs) So we have seen a lot of response in the economy to the Fed increasing the Fed funds target rate. This rate is the cost for banks to borrow money. And it also is pretty indicative of deposit rates rising. So what we've seen is banks increase their deposit rates to you, the consumer, every single time there's a Fed interest rate increase. Not all banks have moved up pair are in line with 25 basis points every time the Fed funds target rates gone up 25 or 50 yes. or 75 basis points. Right. But you've seen them move up deposit rates, try to keep deposits, unless they're one of the globally systematic important banks. And even they are getting upward pressure on their rates. Right. I'm seeing stuff from Chase and Wells and B of A north of 4% now and before they were trying to really hold down below 4%. Mm-hmm. So there is upward pressure on everybody else. Banks always try to weigh. Okay, well, we can raise deposits, or we can borrow from the Federal Home Loan Bank, which we talked about in the last episode.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they try to say, okay, what's the cost of borrowing the Federal Home Loan Bank? Mm-hmm. Well, if it's five twenty-five or five thirty, then I got to make sure that my offer to the consumer for deposit pricing is less than that because it'll be cheaper for me to borrow in this version versus raise deposits by going out to you, the consumer. Yes, this has been top of mind to everybody else, and everybody's experienced this. But what they're not seeing is is that loan rates are not necessarily influenced by the Fed funds borrowing rate, right? They are influenced largely by the treasuries and the treasuries as site alluded to have been inverted for a very long time. This is actually, I think the, I don't want to mess up the quote here, but I want to say it's the most inverted yield curve has been the difference between the three-year treasury and the 10 year treasury since 1981. And what that basically means is it costs
0: more to borrow money for the short period. That it does for the long period. Yes. So
1: it's more to borrow from, in this case, three months than it is to borrow for 10 years. And
0: the only reason for that is because
1: there's so much uncertainty for the short term. Yes. So they just charge you more. But what this really means for you, the consumer, is at some point in time, this inversion, which typically precedes a recessionary economy, we've said many, many times in the show will come out of its inversion. The 10-year will rise. It'll start to cost more to borrow funds for three years and more to borrow funds for five years and more right. to borrow for seven and more to borrow for 10. As that happens, it will put upward pressure on mortgage rates and borrowing rates for loans. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it's going to cost us, the consumer, more money to get home loans, to get car loans. Right. And and here's... All those things that are, in the economy that are already moving up as far as dollar amounts go anyway.
0: Right. and And here's another...
1: Issue with the upcoming
0: pause and potential rate hike in July, or let's just say if it's in September. Okay. Right now, banks aren't lending because it does not make sense for them to lend. Because if they know there's going to be another rate increase, why would I? I'd rather save my capital and deploy that capital
1: once rates, you know, peak out. So, and we're already seeing the concerns in the economy about, oh, oh my God, what's going to happen when all these commercial real estate loans come due and the banks have to refinance it's like 1.5 trillion in the next two years it's a lot and people yeah. are already worried that the rates they got at three three and a quarter percent three and a half percent right are going to be hard for them to refinance at today's rates which are still below six percent in some cases yeah what are we going to do when the treasuries move up and those rates get eight percent or nine percent right that's the part that's going to be really scary because right now you can probably still make sense out of a lot of those deals hmm but when the, treasure, the yield curve gets out of the inversion and rates push up and there's upward pressure on mortgage rates, Right, banks will now start making a ton of money as they start deploying more capital right. making, and watch, making more.
0: And watch, banks are going to really get labeled the bad guy here because you can already start to see the rhetoric going around that banks are going to tighten lending practices and that's what's going to cause us to go into a recession, yep. right? And that that's just not, that's not the case. First of all, they've been throwing around the idea of banks needing to hold more capital.
1: So if that... And I believe some banks are going to be required to. I think I think the regulators are going to come out and say, hey, look, you bank have to hold more capital because you have X, Y, and Z issues. So what does that mean? What does that mean as far as lending goes to, so we can explain that? Well, if you have to hold more capital, you have to hold more, more of your money on your balance sheet, right? Mm-hmm. For the worst case event scenario that something happens and you need it, like run on deposits or you know, whatever it might be, right? Like what we have saw with some of the banks. So they're going to have to not make loans and keep that money internally.
2: Mm-hmm. and right.
1: that that's
0: just that's just regulation now
1: well in their case they're gonna to have to have earnings the earnings go to capital so it's their money their profit that goes back to capital not necessarily customer deposits but right. that being said earnings liquidity capital um they're, they're all interrelated mm-hmm. so because of this you have to be careful to kind of monitor all these things back and forth but keep in mind a bank's liquidity hmm is not the same thing as your liquidity like the money you have in your bank is yours the money they have in their bank is in part their money right and in part depositor money right that's why in the context of speaking about banks when they talk about assets they mean their loans when they talk about liabilities they mean your deposits they owe you the money for the deposits people owe them money for the loans they make
0: right so now if they're not able to lend out as much money as before or they know that there there's going to be potential future rate hikes then what's gonna happen? They're not gonna give out business loans, they're not gonna give out as many home loans, they're not yep. gonna give out car loans, they're not gonna extend like your credit. You know, there'll probably be margin calls on some people's margin lines, right? So what what does that ultimately do? That pulls that pulls money out of the market and it just creates obviously less demand, less affordability overall,
1: because we know demand without affordability is not demand side quoting me on my own goddamn show with
0: you heard that, Odin?
1: His own damn My show. My own goddamn, goddamn show? show with you. I you heard, with you heard that,
0: right? That that came from within. <laughs> he, tried, he tried real quick to like bring it back.
1: <laughs> oh, it used to be. I remember when it used to be our show. Oh, you don't remember the episode where you first were a guest and I quoted that to you for the first time? Oh, I see. So you just don't? You like to ignore the evolution of how we got here? Yeah, everything, like, every,
0: everything, sir. everything, BS. Before say doesn't matter. Oh, okay. He's
2: All right, sinking.
1: fair sinking enough. <laughs> Who's sinking quick? Me? You, bro? No, I'm just having like throat issues tonight, man. Don't do that. Don't don't be the villain. <laughs> All right, let's talk about home prices for a little bit before Saeed gets down the perverted trail again. Let's go. I saw this Washington Post article, and I did not expect it to be so good. I think you should read it. All right, our home prices falling. See what's it's like. Across the u.s and i thought okay this is just like a forbes article where it's gonna give you these graphs and charts they're gonna be not a whole lot of value theirs was valuable okay and we're gonna play a little uh chart game with arun right now and i'm gonna have to do my best to articulate this to those who are listening to the show versus those who are watching it all right but in march of 2022 national home prices grew by nearly 20 percent year over year just in one year 2022. wow much of the growth was in the West, but it wouldn't last. By March of 2023, home prices had fallen 13 percent in 13 uh, percent of counties nationwide. In the West, nearly seven in ten counties experienced falling prices. Yep, I think this is important because what it really does suggest is, if you look at the chart that Arun is now pulling up, which is the March of 2022 numbers,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's basically separated into four different quadrants the yeah, upper quadrant really is anything sucks,
0: that really sucks for us colorblind people yeah
1: I know that's why I'm gonna explain it because I understand your pain so the upper quadrant is anybody who gained 30 percent to 45 percent quadrant just below that is anybody who gained 15 to 30 percent mm. below that zero to 15 percent and below that is anybody who lost between zero and 15 percent of their value wow and as you go to the right it goes to the home values uh in dollar amount but that doesn't really matter what really matters is where all these dots are are they in the top Three quadrants or in the lower quadrant? I feel, I, feel, I feel like I'm
0: always that guy on the bottom.
1: Well, the one outlier. So really, in March of 2022, there was one county. One. Mm. Across the, count, the, the country that lost value. Yeah. That's insane. The overwhelming majority was between 15 and 30%. There were some above 30% to 45 And there was a healthy amount between 0 and 15%. Right. But the overwhelming majority of counties across the country... Gain between 15 and 30 percent in March of 2022 that right. is a phenomenal number now Arun go to the next chart if you will next chart is March of 2023 and this is the same essential plot map, plot map the same spectrum mm-hmm. 30 to 45 percent in growth 15 to 30 percent in growth zero to 15 percent in growth and zero to negative 15 percent in growth right. in this case all are below 15% in growth for March of 2023. Yes. And I would say, while the majority are still between zero and 15%, there is a massive amount that have fallen between zero and 15% in home value. Yeah, man.
0: And I think the reasoning why still a, ma- a majority, I, I, I don't know how to estimate that. I'd say probably like 60% of the of the counties that are still above, you know, in that zero to 15% range has to do with a supply shortage, right? Just people... People not needing to sell their home because they're trying to hold on to their, their rates, right? Right now, uh, there is the supply of homes for sale in the US is about half of what it was in 2019.
1: Yep. So the, it's hard for the data to adjust because nobody's selling, yes. which I think in this particular recessionary economy or whatever kind of economy you wanted to label it as is going to be a very unique thing for the real estate market that we'll look back on and really try to do some analytics and understand mm-hmm. because. Unlike prior economies, there's not enough transactional volume to move the needle, Right. even if people wanted to sell lower or, or try to move things around. So it's artificially propping up values because there just isn't enough supply to meet the demand because people are holding on to it. Right. Absolutely. So
0: um, this article that I pulled up, I can't uh, remember where it was from. Sorry, I'm still new to this. Can you scroll down a little bit?
1: New to uh, what the show?
0: The show right here from from CNBC. The shortage of houses is hitting some people hard and areas harder than others. They they gave. Um,
1: You're new to talking about articles on the show. We breaking every ar- single episode. Breaking up confused.
0: articles as professional and as well as you do. As and that's why Chris said yeah. it's his show.
1: Woo! He's so sassy. <laughs> hey, everyone, What'd you work out today? I didn't get an alert.
0: Oh, uh, it's been a few days actually.
1: Yes, it has been honestly, a few days. man. But
0: you've been wearing your watch, and I'm proud of you for that. Still
1: not good enough. Nah, no, I'm not proud of him for that. Oh, I am. It, it's like adding salt to the wound in my mind. Really? It's, I want you to know he's that been, I'm not working
0: out. He's been busy, man. He's got his backyards almost done. Oh, excuse if Chris can work out. I should be able to work out. So, well, there
1: you like, go. Oh, dude, you can't say that stuff and then you just go. be
0: like, uh, I didn't get to work out.
1: Bro, it was really hard for me to get a workout in today, but I got it in. Me too. You? Yeah, I got it in. I and got, a, got a, about an hour in the gym. Me nice. too. It was not without the sacrifice to get there, though. I had to. I left work late, got home late. I either got to jump late. on a
0: mind pump like a program that's like three or four days a week, or switch up my workouts.
1: I've been lifting like a bodybuilder split, but also lifting full body, just taking it lighter on the things that I'm going to work out later in the week. Yeah, but I've only been getting in the gym like three, four days a week.
0: Most. I ideally for me, I love getting getting into the gym at least five days a week so that I can hit every muscle group at least twice. I can't.
1: I can't. Can't do, can't do that, right? So I
0: think start. I want to switch over to like a push pull leg split. And um
1: just do a lot of squats, deadlifts, a lot of compound lifts, man. That's what I've been doing. Dude, so I did legs today. I'm worried about this weekend.
0: <laughs> I did. I think I overdid what? it. Cause I just kept going. I didn't stop. I
1: had a lot, a lot of time this morning. You're about all that ass and you, you know. You, this is all muscle. You felt it. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying you're very bottom heavy. Like you can't. So for the you fir- would think you would like leg day. Dude, for the
0: first for the first time ever, I've really started incorporating uh, Bulgarian split squats.
1: The worst. Oh my god. Those things will fuck you up. I swear People to God. People underestimate it. Because they see those girls at the gym, like, oh, that little girl can do that. That's amazing. I'm like, oh, it should be easy. Nope. Mm-mm. Fuck me up. Fuck you up. Because I don't know what it is, man. I'm I overcompensate on one leg. Yeah. I don't know what it is. You ever done walking lunges with like a barbell on your back? No, dumbbells, not a uh, barbell though. Yeah. Either way, it doesn't matter. But walking yeah. lunges, those will hurt you. That'll
2: that'll get you. Yeah. Yeah, big time. It's not. Not easy at all. Yeah, I used to do
0: that all the time. A real popular thing that's starting to go around now are those slant boards. Seen those?
1: Where you you squat on them? Uh,
0: Not only yeah, not only squat on them, but you could do a standing like lunge and you keep it in keep it in place. Oh yeah, yeah. it it really got hyped over that uh, knees over your toes guy.
1: Yeah, I'm not really big. I shenanigans. I I, no, I know this this sounds great. I know there's some support behind it, but it's just like that's such a tiny incremental change for me that I'm just.
0: No, it makes it it makes it easier. It's no different it's like no different than having um like uh, Olympic weightlifting shoes.
1: You know how that the heels raise a little bit? Yeah, yeah, no, I I get it. But I'm just saying, like for me, the incremental benefit in having something like that, I'd rather just be able to just, just squat anyway. Yeah. And if if that becomes like different, easier or harder, then maybe I'll look into something like that. But for right now, i just stick to the fundamentals and lift. Yeah. Don't look for another tool. Right. So
0: back to the CNBC article. Oh,
1: I want to get back on point. Okay. Back on point.
0: So in this article, they go going to say the popular 30 year fixed mortgage rate hovered in the high 6% range in May. At that level, buyers with an annual income of $100,000, slightly above the national medium, could afford a house with a maximum price of about $341,000. But just 39% of the homes for sale were listed at or below that price point in May, according to a new report Thursday from Realtor.com with the National Association of Realtors. But man, if that's the majority of people, and that's what they can afford, but only 39%. And then, you know, those homes are the ones that are getting still bought at over list. They can't, they oh, can't, yeah.
1: they can't compete. In my area, and I know my area is a little bit unique, uh, homes are selling wildly above list. I mean, I, numbers I still can't fully comprehend.
0: Dude, the ho- I showed you the house.
1: Yeah, the house in your area. Yeah, dude. literally across
0: across the street from me. So for hundred twenty five grand above list. I know.
1: It's shocking. It was on the
0: It was on the market for less than a week.
1: It's shocking. I mean,
0: I'm I'm not I guess look, just because the Fed decides to eventually stop raising rates doesn't mean that banks will stop raising rates.
1: Oh no, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna keep raising rates over time. Once once things stabilize, you're gonna see that yield curve's gonna come to the inversion. But right. I guess here's here's the problem is is I know I tease you in Arun a lot because you guys have plottos and I live in like a smaller more modern, moderate home. You guys live in these big, massive mansions. You and got me the mansion. I did not get you the mansion. You got yourself the mansion. I facilitated the acquisition of said mansion. Ah, or I your European said. palazzo, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> that being said, you know, we also live in, in I would say, above-average income areas. Yes, And as a result of that, I think that our markets are, are very different reacting than the way the, other, the rest of the country is reacting oh, and i yeah. think it's easy for people to get lost in the sensationalism that you see a lot of people on social media talking about how home values aren't going down right. blah. we were talking to your sister from, in the midwest mm-hmm. and she was saying she hasn't seen a whole lot of change no she hasn't and, and that's what's unique about this is typically speaking in my experience and i know that someone's going to criticize this recessionary economies usually affect the coast first mm-hmm. and then go inward to the midwest
2: mm-hmm. and then
1: go the opposite way Back to the coast when the values start going up again, right? But I haven't seen that because, especially the East Coast, it seems to be less impact than the West Coast. But if you look at the previous charts that we talked about, one of the things you'll note is the West Coast had the majority of the rise. Yes, so it was the first to fall. Mm-hmm. So I guess logistically that kind of makes sense why we're seeing the West Coast be impacted first. Yeah, because there was so much buffer there. Right, but the high end neighborhoods, the high end homes, they're still they're moving units and they're still selling above list. So it's really interesting to see how schizophrenic the market is right now, and I thought so. So I pulled up this this article. I saw it earlier, and I didn't include it in the show notes. So I'm glad you did. It's from the Real Deal, and it talks about how the mansion tax, which in Los Angeles mm-hmm. was supposed to be a pretty big deal, right? Los Angeles controversial mansion tax transfer tax was expected to generate an average of fifty six million dollars per month. In its first month, Measure ULA, is that what it's called? Yeah. The official name, yeah took in $3.6 million, obviously a lot less than $56 million. The so-called mansion tax, which went into effect April 1st, adds a 4% tax on real estate transactions of more than $5 million and a 5.5% tax on transactions over $10 million. Right. The measure was expected to generate $672 million in the first year to support affordable housing and homeless programs like we talked the show talking about. But supporters of the new tax weren't surprised the first month's receipts weren't tracking with annual estimates. So there's two parts of this, I think, that are important to understand. Number one, yep. there was a shit ton of activity in Los Angeles for people who were wealthy, who were afraid of this. They got good advice for their CPAs and tax consultants, and they got out in front of it. So a lull in activity was to be expected.
0: What could they have done to get out in front of it?
1: They could just sold their house before this took into effect. Oh okay and there was a, there was a mass rush to people who were selling houses or buying houses to do it before this went into effect. Okay I will also say the other part of this is it is something like we've seen in Florida. Florida has similar document transfer taxes on title, okay which can be very costly there, relatively costly in Florida. So what people can and often do, and I expect we'll see in Los Angeles is if you own a big mansion in Los Angeles,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you don't own it, own it under your name. You okay. usually own it under a trust. Or an llc okay right and you can do that for privacy reasons you can do that for tax reasons but i would say a lot of wealthy people own them in an llc yeah here's what you're going to start seeing happen i'm going to have an llc let's say i live at 567 bundy drive my llc will be called 567 bundy drive llc yes And guess what i'll do and i want to sell the house to you the buyer yeah i'll sell you my llc i'm not going to sell you the house so the title stays in the name of 567 Bundy Drive LLC. Right. You become the new owner of the LLC when I sell you the house. Right. We'll still get an appraisal, you'll still get it financed. Okay. But I'll transfer the ownership in the LLC to you. And now, guess what? My incentive to you to buy my house is you don't have to pay a document transfer tax.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. That's definitely a loophole. Now, are there are there certain counties where it'll trigger a reassessment if the ownership of the LLC changes?
1: No, well this is only los angeles county for right now we're only talking okay yeah. um but it, no uh, as a matter of fact there's no real way for them to track that and mm-hmm. honestly how do you tax it let's say i transferred my llc to a different individual but well, let's say i transferred it to a different entity for for management reasons how do you tell right you know it, it's very difficult and that becomes somewhat into like this field of like gray and so black so then wine.
0: they would be assuming the loan
1: no uh there's a couple of ways you can do this number one you can find a lender, a community regional bank lender, that, or you know, maybe a non bank lender that says, "Hey, as long as you're on, you're the owner of the LLC contemporaneous with close." Right. We don't care how you how you do this. It'll look like a refinance as far as they're concerned, or a delayed purchase, what they call it, basically. Mm-hmm. Or if you're very uber wealthy, you pull a line of credit, a margin line of credit off your stocks or your bonds or other real estate, you buy right. it in cash. I mean,
0: we are talking about the mansion tax.
1: Right. You buy it in cash, you close the deal, then you refinance it and pull your money out later on pay down the debt that you borrowed in order to buy it or replenish your cash hmm. people don't understand this game on a multi-million dollar level it's not like hey you lebron james are going to go buy this house and you're just going to get wild with your money you
0: need lebron james yeah
1: you lebron james you have tax consultants you have attorneys you have people that are going to facilitate this transaction and structure it for you yeah. you just say i want that house and they find a way to do it in the best economically viable path for them yes people often overlook this there's a lot of professionals who make money on these people and their job is to make sure that you LeBron James or you the person they represent get the best deal possible.
2: Right. Got it. Mansion tax. Mansion tax.
1: 3.6 million that's. Tax that ass. Dude, do, man. I honestly when I heard first heard this I was like this is ridiculous. This in my mind this was like California politics playing out in a way that was so ridiculous. Because the first thing I thought of is if you're sophisticated enough to own a mansion, yeah. Generally speaking, you got somebody advising you or you yourself are financially, you know, savvy enough. savvy enough to go, OK, there's an easy way to fix this. Absolutely. And it, it's just it's stunning to me. It's absolutely stunning to me that they got this far along. It was passed into law mm-hmm. and they expected to make $56 million a month. And they Crazy. made $3.6 million. I don't think you're going to make anywhere near the money they thought they were going to make. Is it going to pick up from $3.6 million? Yeah, probably. But. Keep in mind, too, as it becomes more and more known how to circumvent this,
0: mm-hmm. they're
1: going to make less and less money, too.
0: You know what else is really stunning? Mm. A boy making his first basketball shot.
1: First basketball shot in a game. In a game,
0: man. It's, this is uh, the team you coach, right? Assistant coach, yes. And oh, he, you're an assistant
1: coach? Assistant coach. You're just, I thought you were the coach. No, 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 assistant coach. I feel lied to you right now.
0: No, no, yeah. assistant coach. But the, guess the head coach and another assistant coach are two of my high school teammates. Okay. And I hadn't... Hold on, hold on, hold on.
1: How many assistant coaches does the kids' basketball team need?
0: Oh, I mean, the more the merrier. I mean, look, you need when you're coaching these kids, especially at this age, more bodies the better. Right? So, so you
1: wrangle them all in. Yeah, you I know, get it.
0: Yeah, wrangle them all
1: in or you know, take two or three aside to teach them, you know. And how did the two guys the you play basketball with in high school? Do they contact you? You contact no, them. No, so I ran, I
0: ran actually, I ran into the head coach at a clinic. I had Adam only in basketball clinics. I didn't think he was ready yet. I mean, he wasn't even, oh, like six months ago, he wasn't even strong enough to shoot it up on a 10 foot rim. Oh, he made a basket on a 10 foot rim? Yeah, man. They're playing on 10 foot rims. Oh, that's impressive. So uh, that, that, there's more to that story, too. So he, I, had, I didn't know. I thought the youth size ball was uh, 28 and a half. Girl size. Girl size. Yeah. I, that, that's what I thought it was. I, I, I didn't know that that was the girl size. I just thought 28 and a half was youth size. Um, so that's the ball I had him shooting with at home. I didn't know that youth size is 27 and a half. So, the second I got him on the 27 and a half ball, the next thing I know, he's, he's throwing it up there. So, I had him training. I don't know that
1: I've ever seen in 27 and a half basketball.
0: Yeah, you know, you have. It's slightly smaller than the really small one that they have you shoot at, like little carnivals. I mean, slightly bigger than that. But it's. I don't amb- go to carnivals, bro. I mean, you've gone to before.
1: I don't like going to carnivals.
0: No, you work at the carnival.
1: I, that's that's insulting.
0: Yeah, you, you used to be the hairy guy that would come out. And then now you... <laughs> it was too traumatizing. Mm-hmm. So, you had to get rid of it all.
1: Yep. Sight, yep. once again, cements his position <laughs> as the villain. Saying messed up shit. It's messed up shit. So yeah.
0: anyway, so I ran into him at a, at a clinic and he's like, hey, like I'm I'm thinking about starting this team. Why don't, why don't you bring a boy along? And if this all works out well, we'll keep these boys together for like the next however many years. And this will be like their team that they can continue to grow with. I'm like, okay, hmm. great. So I joined the team. And next thing I know, another guy's on there. And uh, we all kind of grew up playing together back in high school. We go. And we play, mind you, I didn't know this, so his boy and my boy are the same age, and he says they're going into second grade, currently, they were in first grade at the time. He enrolled us in second third grade, so oh. we're playing our boys up, it's like
1: it's good for them though, yeah, a little rough and tumble
0: his his analogy sink or
1: swim, figure it out, or traumatize <laughs>
0: or try and I was yeah. very I was very afraid of that, and Adam is. Generally speaking, taller, bigger than most kids his age. Like I said, he's in the 85th percentile. Let me tell you, man, he got on this team,
2: he couldn't look more average.
0: Okay? Like, every kid looks large, right? So, we start playing, and it becomes apparent really quickly that a lot of these kids have been playing for years. And they've been in leagues for years. Adam hasn't even been on the team yet. He's just been going to clinics and kind of just messing around, you know? Um, so, he gets in the game. We we were, we were able to build up game number one. We are able to build up the lead to like six points. Okay? With a minute and a half left. Uh, we pull him in, throw him in there at the at the end of the game. Like he plays you like just mandatory minutes that they have to play throughout the game. Yeah, the yeah, the fourth quarter, work? fourth quarter is free game. You can play whoever you want. Right? Any substitutions, whatever. So, we had him, we had him benched and we had him build up the lead because other kids on the team are bigger, stronger. They play longer. So, in the day, we're trying to get him to win. And I personally think it's good for him so that it could give him some type of motivation. Like, okay, if you want to get minutes, you got to get better. You throw him in with a minute and a half left. Star player on the team comes down. This is a layup. And Adam's just right there. Grabs the board. And just without hesitation, he just throws it back up. And it goes in. And you see, he gets shocked. He's stunned. He's looking around like, I can't believe what just happened. Mm. Yeah, it was the coolest feeling. And I myself had told myself, I don't know when Adam's gonna make his first basket. But I'm, I'm gonna be controlled. Something, something came over me, man. I couldn't help. It. I run across, run across the floor, and I see him. We make eye contact, and he's just stunned, like he couldn't believe it. And it was, it was, it was an awesome experience. So he starts yelling at him.
2: Get back on defense. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> get back. Pick up your man.
0: So uh, it was really, really cool. Really, really cool. And for that, for that to come full circle too. You know it to be on some of my high school teammates' team uh, and their coaching, like that's that's really sweet.
1: Talk shit to, to the teammates afterward.
0: <laughs> the problem is, dude, and then here's the thing that I, I didn't like about it though: Adam's ego is already through the roof. Adam, my son, not Adam from Mind Pump. Uh, hey. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. no, 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 no. I didn't say that. A little bit. No. Uh, so his his ego is already kind of through the roof. So when he made a basket on game one, you should have seen the level of arrogance this kid had. In the car, made a basket. Go get some ice cream. I deserve a milkshake.
1: You took me to ice cream, though, didn't you? <laughs> no, man. Yes, yes, you did. No, I did yes not. You did.
0: Got a milkshake.
1: There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. Look, my son has no interest in playing at the moment. We try to take him basketball practice, and all he wants to do is sit in my lap and pick flowers. You know what happened for for us? Actually, I
0: introduced him to the game, and because I introduced him, to him and I, I was the one that he could tell that I really wanted him to do it. I was eager. I was excited. I didn't push him too hard, but you kind of shied away from it. The second I completely stepped away and acted like I didn't care, he gravitated towards it.
1: Dude, I haven't, I haven't encouraged my son to play at all. That See, was entirely his own conversation.
0: I used, to, I used to have that thought process too, but I figure I'm going to introduce him to things. I'm not going to push him to do, go through with it, but it's also my job and responsibility to introduce him.
1: Meh. I feel like it, life will introduce him to things.
0: Yeah, I do, but it, look, it, look. If he, if he, I'm telling you, these kids. Adam is
1: seven. These kids have been playing, dude, for I know. years. So and if he, he does get, here's it, my look. I want the one mistake I made growing up was I started weightlifting too late. Yeah, I took everything else more seriously than than like the fundamental like building of the foundation that was my body. Right. I look at it as they're they're in the phase they're just kind to figure themselves out. When it mm-hmm. comes time to introduce them to something. I'm going to be like super eager about. Believe it or not, it's not going to be basketball. I don't care what sport he plays or what he wants to do. Right. But weight training will be a huge part of oh,
0: like, our conversation. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That was something that wasn't talked about enough for us. Yeah, it out.
1: was. It wasn't generally accepted back then. Right. It was. Hey, man, have you ran today? Have you gone for a run? Dude, yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. look a little porky there, Chief. Have you gone for a run? <laughs> a little porky. Yeah. There. You want to go? You uh. You want to go for a hour like...
2: walk?
0: <laughs> I feel like that was yeah. a quote. Somebody called you porky.
1: Uh, I am porky. I got on the the bro. I... I've been intermittent fasting, dude. It's been, it's not because I wanted to. It started off because I'm pretty sure I've got irritable bowel syndrome or some shit, right? It got so bad one day, I was like, fuck it, I'm just not going to eat. Right. And I wound up going like 20 hours. Yeah. And I ate some food and I was okay for a little bit. And then all of it started happening again. And I was like, fuck it, I'm just not going to eat. 16 hours. Next day, eat some food. I'm a little more like stable at this point, but I'm exhausted. I'm like, all right, I'm just not going to eat food. I'm not going to eat dinner. I want to be another 16 hour fast. Today another like eighteen hours, right? Wow! I was like, you know what? Let me get the scale. It's been like five days of this. You know, let's see how much weight I've lost. I've got to lose some weight. Yeah. look in the mirror before I get on the scale, where you take your shirt off, which we exactly you know examine your body.
0: Yeah. Like yeah, for sure.
1: And I didn't pass the belly button test. I'm still knuckle deep, (laughs) right? So like not not a good situation. (laughs) Looking in the mirror, going like, okay, I know that you can be arrogant when you look at yourself sometimes, and you don't see all the things you see, but I see a whole lot of fatness. Yeah, yeah, yeah this 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 doesn't feel right out of the scale i'm like motherfucker you went up well that's just not water. That's water retention bro water i'm on creatine <laughs> yeah there you i've go. been working out water retention it's not water retention dude no i haven't had anything to eat to for almost five days i've had like five meals it's not like i've been like shoving in like all my macros in between like i just have not been eating i'm trying to give you
0: rainbows gumdrops and lollipops right? no you don't want to take no it? i
1: was so deflated this morning like literally deflated <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like downstairs. The wife came downstairs before our son got up. She's like, you okay? I'm in the bathroom. My head in my hand. Yeah. You okay? I'm like, no. I'm not okay. Yeah. your stomach upset? I said, no.
2: It's big. It's big.
0: <laughs> I know. I wish. I wish. I,
1: intermittent fasting has not worked for me, just for the record.
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan. I used to be a fan. I used to really, really enjoy it. But I found myself getting to the point where I got really comfortable just not eating. And then I, would, I could go literally all day and only eat one meal.
2: Yeah, I'm and at that then, point now.
0: And then you look at, you know, the stories about what, you know, metabolic damage
1: it could do. I mean. Yeah. I, a buddy of mine who fasts a lot was like, look, dude, you just got to eat like normal on the weekends with the family. And then mm-hmm. just get back to fasting five days a week. And it stops your body from adjusting too much. But mm-hmm. I'm going to call him back tomorrow and be like, you know, what? try to fuck you. <laughs> Didn't work. Didn't work. I gained yeah, not Asshole. He's going to tell me how that's not possible and this and that. I'm mean, going to like, you can say what you want. The scale says you're an asshole. Yeah, I didn't yeah. say it. He yeah, said that. it. The scale said it. Let's talk about our latest review from a man with an immaculately special name. Timmy Rod. Timmy Rod. Not to be confused with Timmy Ram. Yeah, definitely not. If his name was Ram, you couldn't trust him. Couldn't. Title of the review, great podcast. We agree, Timmy. Mm. Recently found this pod on Mind Pump. Another great pod. Also agree with that. Also agree with it. This one is full of information that's easy to digest. Digestible. Clearly, you don't need the intermittent fast like I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Witty Banner is definitely a plus. So fun. Love it. Well, we love that you get us because not everybody does. Some people are like, oh, my God, this show would be amazing. You just stop making jokes all the time? If it was just 80-20. 80% serious and 20% whatever this nonsense is that you guys do, these jokes, these, these, these yeah, sarcasm. I think things. you're so funny. You're not funny. No, you're not Conan O'Brien, Saeed.
0: Come on, who's your favorite comedian? Come
1: on, man. All time, Eddie Murphy. Hey, yeah, stop. Really? If your answer is not Eddie Murphy,
0: there's a question. I saw I saw a recent interview of his where he's just like, "Listen, Kevin Hart, they're boys." Yeah, yeah. Like, you think you got the records, bitch? Eddie Murphy, raw, is still the number one thing, and I haven't been around for however many years, like 17 years or whatever, 27 years.
1: Yeah, man. There was a whole thing that like he was gonna have a comeback tour and COVID hit
0: yeah but i know he he actually made an appearance on snl
1: yeah have you heard yeah. about like you heard him talk about why he doesn't do it anymore No, oh, no i think he's he's gonna try to make a comeback though his his comment was like i've done it all really he's like i've done it all and like at, at some point in time like the traveling starts wearing on you and he's like you just want to be at home with your family yeah he's like i don't want to do it anymore mm, yeah and it was like, That's like, a lot it was so like compelling when he said it i was like
0: yeah It was obviously different. I get it. You can't expect the guy to be in that stage of his life for the rest of his life. I mean,
1: if he wants to do it, he's got to want to come back and like prove something. I'm I'm stunned that someone that, I mean, he saw the pinnacle of fame. Mm -hmm. The rumor was that he signed like an undisclosed, like massive deal with Disney. That's why he did all those weird, corny Disney movies. Oh, they were so corny. Is that he did all those Disney movies, not because he wanted to end his career, but because he signed this massive, like lifetime deal with Disney. Mm. and when he signed it he did all these movies and he was obligated to do them so he did them yeah like Dr. Doolittle and stuff like that I mean all that weird stuff what's your favorite Eddie Murphy movie Trading Places that easy huh I am mean, I've seen it a lot really? I'm, I'm a I'm, well yeah Trading Places is a good one Um mm. it means life yeah life was later on I felt like he was coming down off the top yeah. I know you like to quote that a lot because like I'm a nasty motherfucker, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> white guy's say nasty shit, right?
1: <laughs> you yeah, know, but um, no, I I, I think, um, yeah, Trading Places, man. That's a good one. That was a highlight highlight for me growing up, man. I want to be just like him.
0: Everyone did, man. He was all-around stud.
1: Now I'm in banking. Plus those same guys, two older rich white dudes from the, the show. Yeah. Showed up in like many other movies over time, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of a cool like yeah. know, throwback to all those other movies. Right. All right, well, let's say goodnight because daddy got to get up early tomorrow to go to work. Let's do it. Good night, everybody. Bye.
0: you point? Every time. You don't notice?
1: I never noticed that. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you were listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts.